Are you enjoying the show? If so, don't forget to follow Hoodoo and Shell on Apple and Spotify and leave us a five-star rating. Would you like to attend an uncut, unedited, live taping of Hoodoo and Shell podcast? Then don't forget to follow Hoodoo Conjure Rootwork on the Clubhouse app and tune in live Mondays and Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern. Also, if you like the content and want to help our ministry grow, please support us by sending a donation of love. The link is in the podcast description. Now, back to the show. Good morning and Grand Rising family. It is another day. We are here for Wisdom Wednesdays. And as always with me, I am here with my partner in crime as well as love and light, our beautiful hoodoo voodoo goddess, Miss Latoya Alexandria. Good morning, Grand Rising. Good light. Uh Welcome to the show, everyone. Toy, we have a very special show today. Um, I think you guys are really going to love this. I have a treat for you. So if you don't have your pen and paper, your notebook, your spell journal, your uh, what is the other word that they call it? The um, the grimoire, your black book, your book of shadows. Go get that because today, on today's show, we are going to be dropping a lot of work on you guys. A lot of really, really good recipes from a authentic practitioner um, from the 1930s. Toya, how are you feeling about this today? Listen, I am beyond excited about this. You guys, this woman is phenomenal. And although we don't know her name, which we don't know her name, you will see that in her authenticity and the the kind of work she gives, you know that this is a powerful, powerful hoodoo practitioner. And I was just delighted to read her book and I am delighted to share some of those excerpts with you guys and some of those recipes. So for those of you that don't know, just to give you a really quick history on where we are deriving this information from, where this, what the source of this information comes from. For those of you who don't know, Harry Middleton Hyatt was a folklorist from the 1930s. Um, he was a Caucasian man, and his greatest work or the one that he's the most renowned for is a book called Folklore from, from Adams County where he went and he found all of the hoodoo workers the magicians all of the people who were doing the Appalachian magic white people, black people, all from his county and he comp- composed an entire book of their recipes, their spells, their workings, their theology on hoodoo and folk magic well later on in his life he composed a technically sixth volume the sixth volume was never printed it's been lost however the first five volumes of his work he went all over the entire united states south 
every single state that would be considered the American South. He went there and he gathered all of this information from workers um, directly from their mouths as far as their theology on hoodoo, voodoo, spirituality, and their workings. Now, I am not going to empathize or sympathize with how he attained this information. I'm going to be very open with you. A lot of times he would record people without their knowing. So we're not going to sympathize or empathize with how he attained the work. However, for those of you who love history, those of you who love this practice, I am very happy that we do have this available today. Um, It is not an easy read. It's over 6,000 pages. Uh, It is written in the original dialect of the people from the South. I've done a show like this before. If you guys came for Mr. E.W. Lindsay, maybe I'll redo that again for the podcast. But I want you guys to understand before we get into this show exactly what you will be hearing. Okay. The dialect is the exact same dialect of the people from that region. That is one area where I will give Mr. Middleton credit for because he did not change the way these people spoke one thing that i do love about this is when you read the words from these pages it's almost as if these ancestors are jumping off the page and speaking to you as well congress even has over 200 recordings locked in the library of, library of congress where you can actually hear some of these interviews being done if we could ever get access to those i really would highly enjoy that but today i just wanted to give you all a sample of what there is to find in this book books toy and i have taken the liberty of going through this extremely hard read of highlighting all of the workings And today, we are going to share those with you, some different spells and recipes directly from Miss the Gifted Medium. That's how she referred to herself as a gifted medium. We are going to distribute some of that information for you all today. So, without further ado, Toya, if you don't have any words to add to this, if you do, please do so. But afterwards, would you go ahead and start us off with our very first reading? I would just like to say, please forgive me if I stumble over my words. Um, I'm going to try my best to relay these excerpts in a way that would be true to the dialect. What I would think the gifted medium would have said. I may not have the same tone of voice, but I will speak as clearly as I can because we want you guys to really hear what it might sound like when she would be explaining these recipes and these spells. Okay, so the first one reads, red, white, and a blue. The party that is to be brought back to the individual. That is the lost party. The individual that desires the party will write the name straight three times, then the party's name unsaid. We'll place the writing under the plate. We'll place a lighted light on the plate. Then we'll place sugar, place raisins, and place steel dust. You will contact the person by calling the individual, which will be in the spiritual form in these hours of 9, 3, and 6. 
let's take that more for for one moment. Let me regurgitate to y'all what she basically just said for this first working. You will need a red candle, a white candle, and a blue candle. You will need a plate. You will need steel dust, sugar, and you will need raisins. You're going to write your name straight three times. And then you're going to write the person that you want to come back to you under it. You're going to place this underneath the, the plate with the sugar and the raisins. Light your candles. You're going to light one candle at nine in the morning, one at three in the afternoon, and one at six in the afternoon. This is something that you would do for nine consecutive days, three to nine consecutive days until that person comes back to you. So the next line reads, a desire to sweeten an individual to me. I would get a can of K-Rose syrup. If they were white, I would use light syrup. If they were dark complexed, it could be dark syrup. Place the names, roll three times together in each and put it in the can. Keep it in a quiet, dark place that would sweeten the persons together. So I hope you got that, guys. That was basically a sweetening work. She just gave you all a sweet jar. A lot of times these people would use cans because believe it or not, jars were a little more expensive to come by during those time of day. So you people would use cans. Okay. So you would take the pe- person's name that you wrote three times. You will put it in a can. If the person is white, they would use white sugar. So write that down. A lot of times if the person was white or if they were very, very light complected, they would use white sugar. If it was a darker person or a black person, then they would use, you know, like a molasses. I don't even know if you can still find K-Rose syrup, but you would use a darker syrup. Even brown sugar can be used as a um, substitute for when they say dark syrup. So I don't know if y'all wrote that down, but brown sugar is also a good substitute that you can use when it comes to dark syrup. And then you're going to put this in a can. You're going to keep this in a dark place. And basically, as she puts it, this will see sweeten two people together. So you're going to write your name three times on one piece of paper. You're going to write the other person's name on three times on another piece of paper. Put them in the jar with the syrup. Put a lid on it. Keep it in a dark place. And I would say the one thing she didn't say to this working is that what you would do is every so often take that jar out of that dark place and you would shake it and you would speak your intentions as you are shaking that jar. All right. So the next excerpt that we chose, excerpt that we chose to read, a desire to hold a person sweet in my mind, keep it with me. I will get a large delicious apple and write the names of the party in the same direct way. Place the name in the apple. I will now haul the apple out first place the name in and I will candy my syrup which is white sugar and I'll pour the sugar over this apple and I will place it in a can and I'll keep it I will set a certain days which would be Mondays Wednesdays and Fridays a pink light and I'll pray the Lord's prayer ask God's power this individual will be brought back with peace and success and happiness I will place it on top of the can with the cover say a small Lord a swift Lord or something those kind of words 
pours the apple in and then pour the syrup in seal. Then light these candles on top of the can. That's all how to draw a person or contact their mind. That's the spiritual form, not the ism form. Okay, okay. Now, I'm going to break this down for you all because Toya is highly mounted by the gifted medium right now. She sounds like she's straight from out of Louisiana somewhere today. Let's, let's do this. So basically, this working is how to keep somebody with you and to keep them sweet. I would lie flat on my stomach, my back at the hour of midnight, and I will contact you by name and call you. You are not with me. You are not from me. I will call your name. And I will call you what you desire for. And have made this appointment with you. I will say unto you. I will call you tomorrow night. And will call you from three successive nine days. Until I will come in contact with the individual that I desire. Okay. So this is a very simple working and I've heard of this before and maybe some of you have heard of this before too. But just to kind of simplify what Toy said, basically what she's saying is the ism form of this is contacting a person's mind. She separates spirituality versus ism or hoodoo work versus what you're contacting. Under spirituality, she says that you are contacting the person's spirit using God, using prayer, using the saints. Ism is a form of quote unquote control. You are contacting the person's mind. Something here on the physical. Thank you, Spirit, for giving me that. It's a difference, okay? You're pulling from something in the spirit form of a person versus pulling from something in their physical form. And of course, our mind would be connected to our physical form. So she translates anything working under ism as contacting that person's mind so the way that this working goes now i'm gonna give y'all a hint on this this working does not work for someone who's not close to you okay this is a working for somebody that needs to be close to you that you had a connection before you guys have already you know had that bond of spirits before so that is how the best results would form from this working if this is someone that you're not necessarily close to this ain't gonna work okay so basically what you would do is you're gonna lay on your back during the witching hour which is at midnight okay now truth be told this is something that you could do between the hours of 12 and 3 a.m and you are going to call the person's name. You're going to speak to their mind. You're going to tell them what you want them to do. You're going to tell them that you want them to come back to you, to return to you, bring back the love that you all had, bring back the connection that you once had. You want to almost, the same feelings that you that you felt when you were with this person while you are in this state you want to conjure up those same feelings even if it makes you cry laugh whatever you need to feel the same way you felt when you were around around this person and this is something that you're going to do 
from three to nine consecutive nights until that person contacts you or comes back around okay this is nothing but true conjure right here she's not using anything she didn't even say anything about using a candle okay now i probably would light a candle but this is pure conjure no roots no hoodoo just straight my spirit contacting your mind i'm gonna read you all the next um portion of this and it goes into how she from her own mouth speaks on synchronizing her hoodoo work with the use of catholic saints now in this interview she never gives her name she never says out of her mouth that she does hoodoo she will always say this is what i heard this is what i learned or so they say in a more of a superstitious kind of speech but what i me and toya said was this speaks to the secrecy of our practice this speaks to how it was already ingrained in our people's minds and their spirits that this isn't something that we could just walk around and you know telling everyone about so she never gives her name and she never ever directly says that these are things that she does all right so i'm gonna go into this for you all she says that's how you contact a lost person there's more to it if you are not in peace with me because i'm a catholic and i don't know where you are i will use a saint saint anthony and i will use a brown candle and i will write the individual's name my name first that is undermined three times and i will say i desire you to come i desire you to come and to me in peace and i will place the light in a plain white saucer and i will place it before saint anthony's shrine and i will rap three times and tell saint anthony to call john or henry whoever it is that is lost for me to return him back to my footsteps okay she gave you the same work but gave it to you under the guise of quote-unquote spirituality all right she used a brown candle she used saint anthony you write your name and then you write the person that you're trying to bring back to you three times under your name place the candle on a saucer with the person's name under it near your near your saint you would either have the picture or the statue for those of you that don't know and you're gonna knock three times on that statue speaking your intentions as that brown candle is burning so for those of you who take in my candle magic class this is something that i even wasn't necessarily aware of that brown candles can be used for working with the saints if you were smart you wrote that down okay she goes on to say one is spiritualism and one is ism mr hyatt asks her what is the difference between the two she responds spiritualism 
is spiritual. It is contacting of a person's spirit, as I foretold you. This is getting in contact with the spirit. To contact your mind, to get your mind to do my work, to get your mind with mine. Ism is the form of work that people use with powders and roots and things of that such. He then asks her, do they talk about hoodoo down here or anything of that sort? She responds, hoodoo, voodoo, voodoo and hoodoo. He asks her, is there any difference between voodoo and hoodoo? She responds, no difference as I see it. They seem to be the same thing. That's supposed to be ism. Over in Algiers, they call it hoodoo. That's where the people come here to get that sort of work done. Over in Algiers. What do you say they do over there? Mostly hoodoo work. They have cards. They have different kind of herbs and roots. And things of that sort. And people bring old underclothes and old stocks and stockings and old forms of things. Okay, so this to me was my favorite part of this whole interview because as you would have it right from the lips of a worker from the 1930s living in New Orleans, living around a culture, how many times have we said here, right here on this panel that, you know, ATRs, hoodoo, voodoo, while they are all different, they all meet at a crossroads. What I find so funny is that they were so similar in the 1930s that no one really could tell the difference. That is so significant to this entire reading that I want everyone to take a huge chunk of history from. They were so similar in their application that especially in places like New Orleans, you couldn't even tell the difference as what was what or what is the other. Nowadays, it is a little bit more easier to differentiate the two because one is definitely more ritualistic, more community-based. Hoodoo tends to be a more solitary practice or, it's, or in my opinion, it's been bastardized to a solitary practice. Shout out to my family. I love working with y'all. But once again, there was no real fight, in my opinion, amongst the distinction in the two. It almost was as if they fell under the same umbrella. Toya, being that you work in Vodou, what is your opinion on this? You know, the fact that she said, we're taking the clothes, which means we're taking tag items and things of that nature we're working with the roots i mean all of it to me sounds like what we use in voodoo we use the spirits we use the herbs the roots we're so big on herbs and roots and that of nature that before we grab something like a uh, a tylenol we are going to grab an herbal bath because that's how we heal so I honestly think that there is a direct connection and a direct correlation of the two and she knew this and possibly practice both. 
she more than likely did practice both um and i even love how she even specifies exactly what area in new orleans where you could get the hoodoo from she says you have to go to algiers that is where the hoodoo workers are that is where people are going to to get the powders and to get the roots and bring in their clothing she even specifies exactly what area where to get this work done the next uh excerpt that we're gonna read is a working on how to get a job now this working is what she considers spiritual work and she's working with the blessed sacred heart i don't know if any of you have heard of that it's called the sacred heart if you're catholic then you definitely heard of that so um if you are planning on doing this work you can use the sacred heart but i'm also going to tell you something else that you can use in place of that if, if that's not what your spirit is um pulling you towards so toya go ahead and um take on that neck that, that next excerpt that starts off with my work is mostly done through the sacred heart my work is mostly done through the sacred heart saint anthony on the blessed mother she works and relies heavily on the saints and getting a job for any individual there's a form of clothes and a form of allspice will be used if it's a white individual there's sugar that is made for icing the cake what we would call powdered sugar this is placed in a jar a white clear jar and the name is rope whoever the boss is an individual that you would like to contact back at your job then there's nine white lights that must be burnt on this jar for nine consecutive days and I will say onto the sacred heart please soften John's heart that he will give such and such his job back again that's spiritual work that's not it okay okay now I'm going to go back and just give you all this working once again. So basically what she says is that you need clothes. And if any of you have taken my classes, you know I love clothes. That's one of my favorite herbs. Clove, you need allspice. I'm so glad she said allspice because people do not speak on allspice as much as they should. Clove, allspice. You need non-white um, candles. You need a, a clear jar. And you need, of course, the name of the individual. And at this point, we know that they are differentiating their work based upon race and based upon your skin tone. So for a white person, of course, she said we're going to use the white powder sugar. And for a darker person, you're going to use syrup or you could use brown sugar. Okay. And basically, you're going to put all of these things into the jar. You're going to burn the candle on top of the jar. You're going to say unto the sacred heart, please soften John's heart or whomever that he will get such and such his job back again and blah, 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 or to bring a job into someone or, you know, speaking to the hiring manager for yourself or whomever that you're doing this work for. Now, okay, truth be told, this same working can be done using your ancestors, okay? So I want y'all to understand that, like, a lot of these things that she's using the Catholic saints for, you truly can use your ancestors to do the same work. They use the Catholic saints in the Bible and things of these nature to disguise the work that they were doing. Because as we spoke to you before, around this time in 1934, 31, you know, 
it was illegal in New Orleans to be doing this type of work. So they were trying to hide it or differentiate it from things that would be considered spiritual and things that would be following the guise of ism or hoodoo. All right. Um, she now speaks on cleansing the candles with holy water as well as her altar and the things that she has on her altar so toy if you could take that next ex- excerpt that starts off with on this altar on this altar is looking and must concentrate and contact from training the glass and it must fast on get into contact with a good spirit then I go for a set of my lights which my lights must be washed off with either holy water or blessed water to do this work. Then I must close to do it unto which you would call concentration of solitude and have to concentrate my individual. The chair that is used, there is no one to use this chair. This chair is supposed to be consecrated and blessed. Bro, I don't know if you all have been around this um but maybe you've been to your grandmother's house or great-grandmother's house and there was a chair in her house maybe there's some dolls around the chair maybe there's a doll sitting in that chair but you are not allowed to sit in that chair toy do you remember anything like that growing up I remember dolls all over the place. I remember dolls on shelves. I remember dolls in chairs, especially rocking chairs. Rocking chairs usually were the chairs. Yep. Yes, yes. Rocking chairs were the chairs. And I would see a big one was rag dolls. Okay. I would see a lot of rag dolls in my grandmother's house. And to this day, she has taken some of my dolls and she's kept them. And I am old enough okay I'm old enough where it's amazing that she has kept these dolls for 30 40 50 years and they are in pristine condition and they sit in the same spot they're never moved and they're never touched and some of our houses I remember going over to my uh grandmother's house and we was not allowed to sit in Miss Mildred's chair. We was not allowed to sit in Grandma Mildred's chair. We was not allowed to sit in that chair. And what she speaks about is how she's using blessed water. She's using holy water to consecrate her candles, to consecrate the things that are on her altar. She spoke of keeping a mirror on her altar, or what she called a look, a looking glass. But what I love so much about that excerpt was she speaks on how things need to be quiet, how you need to go into a place of solitude, how everything around you needs to kind of be it. What, what does this say in the Bible? Peace, be still. So when a lot of you are doing readings and you're not in a quiet space or if the person you're reading is not in a quiet space I know as a practitioner and as a professional something is off because the best messages and the most fluid undisturbed messages that you channel through spirit are done when things are quiet your ancestors are not trying to talk over you as a matter of fact, when you think about it, it's, it's, it's actually rather disrespectful because you wouldn't yell at your grandmother. 
you wouldn't bring your grandmother into your home and you had the music blaring up loud and your kids was running around acting crazy and she cannot speak to you and she can't talk to you you would make everybody sit down you would turn that music off and you would give your grandparents their undivided attention now why some of y'all can't seem to do that when you're quote unquote doing readings I don't know fix it and fix it today I love you as we come into you know our last little portions of this she talks about being he asked her in this work do you have to be initiated into it or learn it or just how do you do it her response my life story is that I'm a gifted medium I never have contacted anyone to learn me. I always has a government paper. I only has a government paper and I have a government's paper direct. My work come at between the ages of 22 and 23 years of age. And I think it's too long of a story to tell. But anyways, I was overshadowed and thrown out. And then I began to tell people things that came to pass and they were very true. And the story began to, to travel. Then things came to me how to help people what to do and then and try those things and they've come to be very successful to other parts. She says that nobody's ever taught her anything. That this is just something that she knew how to do. She was just a gifted medium and you know that that's you know that's just what it was. That I can definitely empathize with because it's the same thing with me and my seership. I, I no one's taught me how to do that. I just can't. It is what it is. But let me tell y'all something. We all have a mentor. This this, this woman knows too much work to not have had someone schooling her on something. The truth is back in those days like in 2022 you can say oh yeah Sierra Bale was my mentor Toya uh, is my mentor but back in those days you told someone you don't tell nobody I taught you this you kept it to yourself you didn't go to school or hop on the internet telling everybody what grandma's teaching you at home what to do with these roots what to do with these herbs you kept it to yourself why because if you told someone then that person could potentially get in trouble so what you see her doing truly is saving face. Best you believe you me. No one probably taught her how to use her gifts, but this woman had a mentor. With all of the information and so much that she has given us, with the details that she had given, I don't think there's any way that she is not a practitioner we are so up in arms and we are so protective over our spirituality and over people uh, possibly trying to take over or steal what we have that we keep it to ourselves and in secret because we know the consequences of giving that information to other individuals therefore we're going to always protect ourselves We've had to practice our spirituality in secrecy. We gotta remember, she was approached by a white man. It's a white man doing this interview. She talks about using her government name constantly in this. 
she does not trust the law. She doesn't trust the government. She don't trust this white man. So she is not going to tell the whole truth. She'll tell him something. She'll tell him that she heard. But if you say you heard, you cannot link it directly to her. It's that she knows. But we know she knows. Because as practitioners, we know that in order to get those kind of uh, results, in order to know all the ingredients, in order to know the entire procedure, we have to be practitioners ourselves. So my last er excerpt that I'm going to read to you all was when she actually goes into detail about why the practices have to be kept secret and things of that nature. See, but I have a government paper. With a government paper, you have to be very particular how you operate. Whether you know it or not, you have to keep to yourself. You have to keep it to yourself. You can't afford to do those things that is unpermissible by the law. In other words, spiritual work is permissible, but ism isn't. Well, ism is ignorant forms that doesn't have any sense. And they go forth and they do the things, you see. Do they pay for this type of work that is to be done? Well, under spiritual form, there is no attachment of pay. You understand? After the work is completed, they give you what they want. Some don't give you anything. They just let you go off to the wind. The others will give you something. But the law does not allow you to put any charges on spiritual work. Well, you go where there are charges. To the people that's doing all types of values and ism. That little paragraph was so powerful because it speaks volumes to a lot of stuff that we're going through right now. Especially us as practitioners when we get so pissed off. Oh, ain't nobody trying to pay for our work and they're not paying me what I what I'm worth, and this is that and the third. And yet we forget that a lot of our ancestors was doing a hell of a lot more than what we were doing and they didn't get a dime. Oh, how big have our britches become because we feel like because it's in 2022, I mean, truth be told, we're not doing anything more than exploiting our family secrets and gifts and putting a price tag on it. And we get so bent up, out of shape, cussing spirit out not putting no water on the altar mad at our tribe mad at our followers because they are quote unquote not supporting us the way that we feel like we are supposed to be supported but let me just tell y'all something i'm gonna you know get on myself too with this the fact that somebody believes in you the fact that somebody believes in what you're saying and what you're doing that's support support does not always come with a price tag on it and while we sitting around crying and bitching to everybody about what we're not getting enough of, here you have a lady that has given us more work in the first five pages of this interview than in most of those books that y'all have purchased. And she didn't even charge a dime for what she did. And let's not forget, there was also under the table. So even if I didn't tell you I was paid, and I wouldn't tell you I was paid. I, I was still paid. was paid. She still in other ways. She still got something, ways. right? Just we we have to be balanced. There has to be, there cannot be this 
I'm take, take, taking from you and not giving something in return. And I thank you, Toya, for saying that because even though there may not have necessarily been a price tag on her work, she got something. Sometimes nothing at all. And let spirit deal with you how they choose to deal with you. But I do think that we, we, we do need to do a little bit more pulling back on the complaining and crying about what we're not getting enough of and be so happy that we're in a place now where we're not even going to jail for it. And I think if we can just be happy about that, spirit would honestly open up more doors for us. You all, it is this hour has come up on us very quickly. I did not expect this to just kind of fly by as fast as it did. I loved it. And justice has been served and the word is out. Well, you all, we will be back with Magic Mondays for another amazing show for you all. And this will not be the last time that we are going to highlight a hoodoo worker. I have a lot of interviews, a lot of interviews from these workers from back in the 30s. And this will not be the only time that we will do this and give out some of their recipes and things of that nature. You just have to attend the show. We also want to invite everyone out to our classes that are coming up. Um, those of you that have your golden, your premium memberships, you all know that classes start on the 6 at 8 o'clock. And your premium and your plus membership does cover your classes um, each month. So just wanted to let you know about that. We also have our LGBT Love Secrets Workshop coming up this Friday, which is going to be really, 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 really cool. Um, a lot of people tend to forget of the importance and the influence of the LGBT community when it comes to hoodoo. And that some of y'all are doing love work and cannot get what you're looking for because you're doing love work to attract a woman when you're trying to get a man. Or you're doing love work to attract a man when you're trying to do a woman. So there are specific workings out there for the LGBT community on how to pull in exactly what it is that you want. Certain herbs, certain roots and plants that are specifically designed for the LGBT community. And we are going to crack that code and give you all those secrets because a lot of people, I don't know if people feel uncomfortable talking about it or if they just don't want to or if they just don't know. But we will be having that class this Friday, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Dress code is sexy. Toya loves for y'all to dress up when it's one of her classes that she's going to attend. So that is her dress code. Dress code is sexy, all right? Um, you can register for that class via the Hoodoo Conjure Root Work website. You are smart. You are powerful. You are capable. Your magic is strong. Your magic is fluid. If no one has ever told you, let me remind you that you come from the best of the best. Magicians, warriors, doctors, kings, queens, innovators, inventors, thinkers, philosophers, and people who essentially change the world. Every single thing that you need, you are walking with. All of the power that you need is inside of you. All you need to do is invoke what is already there inside of you. As you step out today, you are stepping out into your prosperity and you are opening up all of the roads that spirit has designed for you. With love and light, I'm going to release you all into the atmosphere and I will see you at our next show.
Greetings. This is LaToya from HCR Love and Light Ministries. Are you new to spirituality and seeking either guidance or mentorship? Or maybe you've been practicing for a while and you need a place to call home. We invite you to join our family. Go to hoodooconjurerootwork.com to join the largest and fastest growing hoodoo network around. Here at HCR, we promote spirituality as a lifestyle and cultivate authentic practitioners on all levels. Check out the website and see what works for you. Do you need a mentor? Are you seeking classes? Or just access to the best Hoodoo Network available? We have a place for you. Join HCR Gold today.